welcome to the 31st episode of Far From Perfect for the year 2023. Most of you will be listening to this in the new year because I'm recording it down to the wire. But I read some really great books this year. And when I say read, I mean listened to on Audible. Some really great books this year that I wanted to share with everyone because there's a few that I think everyone should read. There's a few that I think some people should read. And there was one that I'm like, yeah, I read it. I don't know if I'd recommend it for you. But this is a deep dive into the 18 audiobooks that I listened to. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. And I will talk to you in the new year. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Far From Perfect. I am wrapping up this year's podcast with a summary of the books that I read this year. And I didn't realize, I got to pat myself on the back for this. I didn't realize what a great year of reading I had until I sat down and put this list together. Um, There is, there are some repeat books on here. And there are some books on this list that I will also read again because they were so good. This year, these books that I read this year are game changers, life changers. And I covered the gamut with like business stuff and mm, food stuff. I mean, just really important things. So I'm going to dive right in. First up, repeat book. I've been reading it every January for probably the last four years is Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you've not read this book, you've got to read this book. It is honestly the foundation of my coaching. I call it the tiny step method. It's also the one degree method. It tells you about why and how these small changes can lead to huge results. So people actually get change totally wrong. Like if you have, if you have failed making change in the past, my assumption is you've tried to like go balls to the wall right out the gate when you are automatically set up to fail if you approach change in that way. And through the book Atomic Habits, he explains how these tiny, minute shifts, changes, adjustments can really shift the path, trajectory of your entire life. So I do believe Atomic Habits is a must read. I also think following him on social media, James Clear is a must. I would even suggest subscribing to his emails. That's how much I like James Clear. And also you guys, it's not like he's telling you something new every week. It just reinforces this simple reminder that tiny changes matter. Now, the next one, you guys know I'm a huge Enneagram fan. I love talking about the Enneagram. I love all kinds of personality type stuff. And I read The Road Back to You by Morgan. What is his last name? I need to find it. It looks like I deleted part of it. Morgan, I'll have to look for it in my Audible. Um, anyway, if you are into the Enneagram, totally recommend. I think... To me, it was most valuable in learning how to work with people in my life. So what was really interesting as I was reading about all of the different Enneagrams, I was like, oh, that explains why my dad is this way. Oh, my son is this way. I want to make sure I am nurturing him in this way. Oh, so-and-so on my team, she is an eight. Okay, I know what will motivate her. 
So that's what, that's what I love about the Enneagram. And of course you see yourself and the way, like why you are the way that you are, like, it's okay. It's okay that you are the way you are. And the Enneagram book, um, the road back to you gives you some insight into that. Sorry. I'm just looking for his last name. Here we go. No, it's just Morgan Cron. C-O-C-R-O-N. It just looked wrong. I was like, how could that really be a man's last name? Cron? Yeah. Morgan Cron. So if you are into personality type stuff, um, I would definitely give that Enneagram book a, a read or a listen. If you manage people, I would definitely give that book a read as, as well. And it's just fun. It was just fun to read. I also read um, another autobiography this year, and I read Finding Me by Viola Davis. And it's always great, I think, to learn about other people's experiences. Um, this was a huge, I don't want to say perspective shifter, perspective check for me. And it's easy to look at someone and where they are today and assume that it was easy for them to get there and that they've always had it easy. She did not have it easy. She had a very, very challenging and rough upbringing. And it was, it gave me really good insight into like people who are actors and actresses for a living, how hard it is to actually break through and be a success like that, especially for Viola Davis, who doesn't look like your typical Hollywood starlet and just reading about her struggles with that. I really appreciated reading her story. And it was, um, like I said, a perspective check for me. And this next book was perfect timing for things that were going on in my business. It's The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Uh, I was actually gifted this book by my first business coach, Amanda Tress, and I, but I did not read it until this year. She probably gave it to me, mm, I mean, at least five years ago. And it is a self-help book that explores how we limit ourselves and provide strategies to overcome our fears and achieve our full potential. So basically what The Big Leap was saying is we stop ourselves we sabotage ourselves. We put this ceiling over ourselves because we don't think we're worthy of certain success, certain happiness. And so once we start feeling really good and successful, we sabotage. And maybe that resonates with you. I know that it was a huge wake up call for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, Kylie, this is exactly what you do. So if you find yourself like you're you're having a hard time breaking through to that next level or you reach a certain level of success and then something happens and you backslide a little bit, definitely read this book. It was an easy read, lots of valuable nuggets in The Big Leap. The next book is Discipline is Destiny by Ryan Holiday. Now, this was a little bit more masculine tone of book, and I'm trying to get away from a ton of masculine energy, but also the timing of this book was great because I was list I listened to it in a time when I was kind of like feeling sorry for myself. And it was kind of a um, it was a kick in the pants, if you will. And I do like the stoic philosophy. If you're not familiar with stoicism, I would I would look it up, but it 
what I love about stoicism is that it's all about ownership, not taking anything personally, which I think is a great life lesson, right? That's one of the four agreements. Don't take anything personally. We will all be much happier, content beings if we understand it's not about us. We are not the center of the universe. Part of some of my favorite uh, takeaways from his book were um, where freedom starts, discipline begins. This is a huge part of my coaching. You guys know I talk a lot about living in maintenance and I know people struggle with maintenance because there's more freedom in maintenance. Well, if there's freedom, then we have to have discipline. So if you're not disciplined, you are going to fail at maintenance. Uh, discipline isn't just about working harder and longer. Discipline is about waiting and being patient. Transitions are as important as achievements. Huge theme for 2023 for me and especially my reflections. Discipline is not punishment. A lot of times we think that, oh, I have to meal prep. I have to go to the gym. I have to do this or I get to do these things. It feels sometimes like discipline. Why am I the only one? It's not, it's not punishment. It affords you that freedom that you want. And this was, this was my favorite. Nobody is as good as they could be, but it's also okay that you are not perfect right? Is there more I could be doing? Absolutely. Is there more you could be doing? Yes. There will always, always be more, but you don't have to be perfect. In fact, hello, far from perfect. We want to take that off the table because we also want to know that what we're doing is enough. I really liked reading Discipline is Destiny by Ryan Holiday. Next up, another book on change. There was a huge theme this year with a lot of the books that I read. It is Switch by Dan and Chip Heath. And this is very similar to Atomic Habits and another book that I'll mention at the end of the podcast. The big thing with um, Switch is big problems are not solved with big solutions, but rather small steps over a long period of time. So you can see it's that tiny step methodology again. And that's probably why I liked this book so much is because it was reinforcing my personal coaching, like what I help clients with. And I will also say this, this year I realized as a nutrition coach, the nutrition is kind of the smallest piece of the puzzle. I think the education that I offer clients, that that's where the nutrition comes in. That's the education. Nutrition is education, but everything else comes down to change. What I've understood now just recently is my job is not to help you reach your physique goals. My job is to help you do the behaviors, make the changes that help you achieve those outcomes that you want. So it's really all about change. And so we have to understand how change works. And environment. This is what I posted about on Instagram today. And your environment is more powerful than your willpower. So if you're struggling to make these changes, don't blame yourself. Like I love ownership, but let's give ownership where ownership is due. It's not you. It's your environment. Is it greasing the wheels or is it constantly, is it friction to what you actually want to do? 
my absolute favorite, favorite line from this book. And it was also in the other course I did, the sleep stress management and recovery course from Precision Nutrition. They're actually the ones I believe that recommended this book in their training. Change is not a one-time event. Change is a process. So remember, there are very few changes that are like one-time things. There are some. But for the most part, it is a process. And this applies perfectly to our health and wellness journey. You don't just eat a salad once. You don't just go to the gym once. You keep going and you keep going day after day, month after month, year after year. And that is how you change. And if we had a hard time doing those things, then we have to look at, okay, how can I make this easier? And that was another really big takeaway. We want to make our bad behaviors impossible. So think about having a home that has no junk food in it. And, you know, I don't like to talk about good food, bad food. But if you struggle with drinking, don't have alcohol at home. If you need to go work out in the morning, make sure you're going to bed on time, have you sleep in your workout clothes. The less roadblocks, the better. I loved Switch by Dan and Chip Heath. Definitely recommend. Next one was a fun one. I then, after I read that book, I was like, I need a break from, I need a break from personal development, self-improvement. Like I was like fed up. So then I read, I had not read a David Sedaris book in years. And you guys, David Sedaris is probably my favorite author. We have the same sense of humor. It is dark. Uh, not everyone gets it. It is smart. It is, to me, it is highbrow. You're like, I can't believe you just said that. And I absolutely love it. He's this snarky little gay man and I'm obsessed with him. Dress your family in corduroy and denim. Um, what are my other fate? Me talk pretty one day. I love all David Sedaris books. Happy Go Lucky was a collection of stories. So it was a little bit different. I was laughing the entire time. Um, and also what I loved about it is he gave some personal stories. And you guys all know comedians oftentimes have had a rough go of it. That's why they're comedians. They've had to look at their situation differently. And, you know, if you've ever watched the Chris Farley story, um, Robin Williams, Joe Bel John Belushi. It's they've 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 got some stuff going on, but not only were they hilarious stories, I got to learn about his upbringing and his relationship with his father, and it made me fall in love with David Sedaris even more. This book is not for everyone, so if you read it and you're like, I can't read this anymore, Kylie. This is like inappropriate. That is okay. It is dark. It is out there. It is, did I already say it's inappropriate? <laughs> you might think it's inappropriate, but it's my jam. I totally love it. Um, Built to Move by Kelly and Juliet Starrett. Loved it. Now this was repeat information for me, but why I love repeat information is because several of the books that I read this year confirmed everything that I do with our clients. You guys know how much I talk about walking. You guys know how much talk about lifting weights, eating vegetables. That is what this book is about. 
getting back to the basics. Things have gotten so convoluted. People are confused. They're asking about supplements before they address the big rocks. I'm like, that stuff does not matter. That stuff does not matter. So if you want to know what matters most, and you don't believe me when I tell you what matters most, read this book because every it's everything that I say. And plus they give you a couple other ideas um, like this rucking concept, um, hanging, doing dead hangs. I think it was that book. But this one, this Built to Move book by Kelly and Juliet Starrett paired very well with another book I'm going to mention in just a minute. But I definitely recommend Built to Move if you are a health and fitness professional, if you are a fitness enthusiast, if you're confused about what's important to do, definitely read Built to Move by Kelly and Juliet Starrett. Oh, this one, this next book. I will read this book again next year. Um, it made me feel better about where I was. It is called Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. It is not a religious book, okay? It is not a religious book, but it brought me so much peace and comfort and reassurance. And from one of for one reason, this this quote that I have written down, you cannot not get where you are going. It is simply a matter of speed. So in the last podcast, I talked about how last year was hard and I didn't like actually tell you guys why. It was hard from a business standpoint that we had transitions, numbers were down and it's okay. It is okay. I did some things I hadn't done before. But it made me second guess some things. Can I do this? Is, is this the right thing? And I have this vision. Of course, I have a vision for what I want to do. And hearing him say, you can't not get where you are going. It's simply a matter of speed. That gave me a lot, a whole lot of peace. And then he says, it's, and what I do, you guys, whenever I'm listening to a book, I listened to all of these this year. I have a note on my phone. And as I'm walking, if something sticks out to me, I, I write it down in my notes section. Or I type it in my notes section. So that's what I'm pulling from right now. Um, he said also, do you want to be the cause of your experience or the effect of your experience? Okay, so that also the ownership that I talk so much about, like, do you want to make something happen or do you want to let everything around you happen? And you're always reacting to it. And then finally, the only purpose your life has is the one that you give it. To me, that was so powerful this book, I mean, it is it is a spiritual book. And I don't know if everyone is going to be into it. If you like yogic philosophy, if you like spirituality, you will love this book. He talks about how we only make decisions, like we make decisions out of two things, love or fear. And if you look at your life, you will see that that is true. I tie this into our nutrition coaching. I am going to live in maintenance because I love slash respect myself. I'm not talking about my body, I'm talking about myself. Or I'm going to constantly diet because I'm afraid of gaining weight. 
I'm not going to lift heavy weights because I'm afraid of getting bulky. I, um, I'm not going to take that risk because I'm afraid of what will happen. We make decisions based out of two things, love or fear. That's all that there is. And if you look at your own decision making, you will see which one do I, what, what, which one do I lean towards? A lot of us spend our lives making decisions based out of fear. I can't change that. I'm afraid of what will happen. What if I can't do this? What if it doesn't work? Something to, to think about. I'm definitely going to read this one again. Maybe my second book of 2024. Oh, I have been wanting to read this next book for several years. And I think for a while I couldn't find it on Audible. But I read it. It was a super quick read. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And the word that summarizes this book is resistance. Basically, the only thing holding us back is our own resistance. And resistance is the devil. You have this goal in mind, this thing that you want to do, but there's something within you that holds you back from doing it. And if you want to tie it into conversations with God, it's fear. Fear and resistance go hand in hand. If you can push through res resistance, you can do anything. Like think about anything that you put off that you haven't done yet. Resistance, that's internal resistance. Once you push past that, you are unstoppable. Procrastination is a habit, he says. And as someone who procrastinates a lot, I can tell you that is true. I also can tell when I am procrastinating, I'm resisting something. I also know that procrastination has to do with nervous system regulation. But I would also say that that's, that resistance is being caused by a dysregulated nervous system. The other thing that he talks about in this book is doing what is urgent versus what is important. And as you're listening to this, if you are someone who feels like there is never enough time to do all the things and you struggle prioritizing, look at, look at this question. Can you decipher what is urgent versus what is actually important? Oftentimes the important things are not urgent. The important things are the big things that we continue to put off because they're so big. The urgent things are the emails, the texts, social media, anything we can actually do right now. But if we keep saying everything is urgent, nothing is ever going to be important and nothing important will ever get done. And so that's why we live our life on a hamster wheel. And we never achieve the results that we want. We never actually go anywhere. So this book was like a big um, warning. The other thing in this book, oh, wait, where is the quote? You are not. Mm -mm 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 -mm. He says that you are not owed the results of your work, but the work itself. And I loved that because 
It's very yogic. So in yogic philosophy, we talk a lot about our dharma, which is our work, which is the process. We do not worry about the outcome. If you're doing your dharma, if you're doing your work, that's the reward itself. So this also really went hand in hand with the, the book on stoicism, with discipline is destiny. We aren't owed the outcome. You're just, the work is what you are owed. The work is the reward. And again, this ties so perfectly with fitness and nutrition, right? If you're only doing it for the outcome, to look a certain way, you don't truly change. You have to fall in love with the process because in order to get the outcome and keep it, you have to continue doing all of these things, right? It's not just about eating well for a year and then going back to old habits the next year. It's a lifelong pursuit. So you aren't owed the reward. You're owed the work. And I love that. I love it so much. Um, next one. Then we got into some nutrition books. You guys know I love talking about your relationship with food. The Eating Instinct by Virginia Soulsmith. If you have any issues with food, I definitely recommend you read this. If you are a nutrition coach, I also recommend you, you read it. It talks about our food issues and why we have them. But also it reminds us, you know how to eat. You know how to eat. Somewhere along the way, someone told you that you don't know how to eat, that you can't trust your body. Somewhere that happened. And so that's why we don't listen to hunger and satiety cues. We're afraid to eat this and afraid to eat that. We fall into diet culture and fads. But if you trusted your instinct and yourself, your innate knowledge, none of these issues would arise. But it's hard to escape any of this stuff. So I think awareness is the first step. You guys know my coaching philosophy. Awareness is first. This was a, this was a great book. I loved it because so many people are afraid to eat nightshades, oxalates, carbohydrates, sugar. There's no need to fear all of that stuff. And the farther we can move away from that, the better. And there's that fear again. Fear versus love, as different as these two books are, they also kind of hit home together. The next book I'm going to tell you about is my number one recommended book for the year. If you are a woman, you need to read this book. If you are a mother, you need to read this book. So the book is called Mother Hunger by Kelly McDonald and it explains so many issues that we have, whether it is picking partners that aren't great for us, issues with food, issues with alcohol, issues with drugs, um, issues with our moms. And I will be very clear that this is not a book about blaming 
mothers. If you are a mother, it will help give you insight in how to be the best mom that you can be. Even if you have a son, I will say it made me feel very grateful that I have a boy and not a girl because that mother-daughter relationship is so interesting. I think of myself as a mother and wonder if I would be different as a mom if I had a daughter, not a son. All of us mothers have a huge responsibility, but I think mothers with daughters have an even greater responsibility. So I loved this book. Um, I recommend it to all of my clients. It gave me so much compassion also for my own mother. And she talks about generational trauma, which is a real, real thing. So let me just give you a little insight. So all of our mothers just did the best that they could. And they were mothered by someone who also just did the best they could. You guys know there is no manual on this. You guys know we're messing somebody up in some way. But as we do the work, quote unquote, the work, we can minimize that, for lack of a better word, damage. But it really made me think about what did my mom go through? She had a wonderful mother, absolutely wonderful mother, as far as I could tell, right? But what did my mother's mother, what did my grandmother go through? I would read this book walking around my neighborhood and tears would be streaming down my face if I was thinking about myself, my own mother's upbringing or my grandmother's upbringing. I just, I can't say enough great things about mother hunger. I have reached out to Kelly McDonald, the author, to be on my podcast. I actually need to follow up with her because it was the most important book that I read this year. Final few books here. Outlived by Dr. Peter Atia. Again, reinforced everything I talk about. The first part is sciency, and he almost lost me. I don't know how many chapters he talked about chemistry and stuff like that. And I was like, ugh. But get past that, and he'll get to the brass tacks. You got to lift weights. You've got to eat vegetables. You've got to get, um, get sleep. You've got to minimize alcohol. Because it's we don't just want to live longer. We want to be able to thrive as we get older. Like biohacking, no thank you. I want to be able to move my body, take care of myself as I get older. What's the point of being 90 years old if you can't do anything? So that's what we're training for now, everyone, right? Depending on how old you are, I mean, yeah, I still want to look good. That's still important to me. But I'm also thinking about when I'm 60 years old, 70 years old, let me tell you something. I do not want Brooks having to take care of me. I've already told him, you do not need to take care of mommy. I Because I don't want that to be your responsibility. We need to take care of ourselves so our kids don't have to take care of us like that. I've even told my husband, you do not need to take care of me. <laughs> I don't want to be a burden on anyone. And of course, they'll say, no, we'll take care of you. I don't want that. I want to be able to take care of myself. <laughs> I mean, I want you guys to like cook dinner and rub my feet and all that. You can take care of me in that way. But I don't want you to have to like 
taking care of me in that way. Um, this is a great book for couples to read, I feel. What I love is it's a man giving this message. So I think it might be well-received from a man. So, you know, I work with a lot of women. A lot of women, this is on their radar. I don't know what it's like with men, but I think hearing this stuff from a man would be helpful. Um, then, oh, Dopamine Nation by Dr. Anna Lemke. Eye opening. I mean, you guys know we're overstimulated. We're overstimulated and we get these hits of dopamine from social media, from so many things. And with, I just, we just got Brooks a phone for his birthday. He's an only child. He's got a lot of after school activities with carpool involved. And he wanted to be able to get a hold of us. So, you know, we got him a phone. We're working on parameters around it, but I don't want him constantly stimulated, right? That is a life of constant stimulation. If you're my age, we are the last generation to grow up before the internet. They are not going to have that. No one younger than us is going to have that. So the big takeaways from this book was um, misery turns humans into pleasure addicts who cannot deal with discomfort, right? You get discomfort, you get uncomfortable. What do you do? You grab for your phone, you grab for a snack, grab for a cigarette, you have sex, you go shopping. Our brains build resilience around dopamine over time and that's a bad thing. So that means it takes more. That addiction starts small. Then you need more and more of a hit in order to satisfy that need. That's scary. And then um, the third big idea was, ironically, pain can help us tap into our dopamine reserves. So pain is powerful. Like we can expose ourselves to pain in order to experience more pleasure. But it, I think addiction is fascinating. I mean, it's extremely scary, but I think it's fascinating. And addiction comes from this place of us not being able to be uncomfortable. And you can see how this also ties in to discipline is destiny. If you struggle with your phone habits, if you struggle, I mean, with addiction of any kind, exercise addiction, binge eating, shopping, maybe you're not an alcoholic, but you drink more than you want to, I would definitely, definitely read Dopamine Nation. Um, And then, oh my God, like it's 18 books. I can't believe it. Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. I'm not going to say I recommend this book. This was really reinforcement of his other book, um, The War of Art. I'm not going to spend too much time here. I read it. It was okay. But I'm not, I, you I'm not going to recommend it. This one I will recommend. My friend Cynthia Thurlow, I was chatting with her and um, she had a huge year of transition herself. And we, she recommended I read uh, 10X is better than 2X or easier than 2X by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. So basically what got you here will not get you there. 
And if you want to go to the next level, you have to do something totally different. If you keep on doing more of the same thing, you're just going to get more of what you got. But if you want to get to that next place, you're only going to be doing 20% of the stuff, the important stuff, not the urgent stuff. So this ties in also with the switch. Because you, you have to change how you do things and it is going to be uncomfortable because you're going to be saying a no, you're going to be saying no to a lot of things because you know it's not in alignment with your highest purpose. So I want to implement a lot of the 10X is easier than 2X stuff in 2024, but I know it's going to be challenging for me, but it's time to step into something new. And um, I'm going to say I, I'm ready for it. I have to be ready for it. I have to be ready for it because I want that next level. And then the last two, ugh, you guys know I'm a huge Britney Spears fan. The Woman in Me by Britney Spears. Nobody was looking out for her. It's not the best well-written book. It is just like, I'm a fan and I feel bad for her. Everyone says she made her own, some people say she made her own decisions. I'm like, yeah, but she was a child. She was a child making decisions and nobody supported her. Nobody was looking out for her. Nobody was in her corner. She was the money train, the show pony for her family. And in, as far as I'm concerned, she was extremely abused emotionally. And I feel bad for her. And all the eyes were on her as she was transitioning, being pregnant, postpartum, performing right after that. Like, it's not fair. People are talking about her. She's just a person. You guys, I mean, we forget these celebrities are just people. They are just people. And she was a teenage girl. People talking about her boobs and who she's having sex with and all of this stuff. It's just inappropriate. And so I don't think she's crazy. I, I Well, if she is, it's like not her fault. <laughs> I, I just, I feel bad for her. And I don't like Justin Timberlake right now. <laughs> and then finally... Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. This was a repeat book. I want to read it with my uh, monthly community in January of 2024. It's also in alignment with Switch and Atomic Habits, but Tiny Habits is tactical. How do I set up these changes? How do I set myself up for behavior change success? Reading this book a second time has been even more impactful and I can't wait to have a discussion around it in my monthly community. Because like I said, nutrition and fitness, ultimately it's about behavior change. Behavior change comes down to brain change, thought change. That is my big takeaway from this year. So these are my books for the year. Um, in the uh, podcast, if you listen on Spotify, you can tell me, like you can respond to these episodes. Let me know if you read a book this year that you think I should totally read. Now you can tell these are all nonfiction books. I like nonfiction. I haven't read a fiction book in a very, very, very long time. But I mean, I read 18 books this year. I wonder if I can go for 20 next. I'll look for short books. <laughs> well, that's a wrap, you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Happy New Year. And I'll talk to you in 2024.